Welcome to the Fod Eater Fod Pass. <laughs> hey, what's up, Froth? That was another fantastic uh, Top 3 Tuesday, man. I really enjoyed all the stuff you had to say about the novels that you really like. I am a voracious reader. Um, and yeah, I love Name of the Rose. Umberto is just the man. He's just, oh, dude, he's crazy. I've never checked out that trilogy you mentioned, but I will for sure. Uh, If they have it available in audio format, I will absolutely dig into it. It sounds really, really straight up my alley, man. Uh, Keep up the great work, and I will talk to you later. Peace out, dude. Hey everybody, it's Froth here, Thought Eater Podcast and Blog. Happy Tuesday. Thank you for listening. Hope you're doing well. You just heard from Joe Richter there from the Wheeler Woe podcast. Uh, talking about last week's Top 3 Tuesday. We were just talking about books and stuff. And I don't know if there's an audiobook of the Illuminatus trilogy, but um, it would be cool if there was. They actually did make at least one comic of like part of the first chapter back in the 70s, some underground comic, and it's pretty awesome. I wish the whole thing existed. And I also remember reading that they performed it as a play at some point. I don't know how they did that, but it would have been in some underground, you know, not off-Broadway, not off-off-Broadway, just off-off New York, you know. Um, But it must have been fun, certainly. I'm sure it was uh, bizarre and weird to watch, but... It's one that um, I recommend to anybody, you know, um, anybody that mentions fantasy or anything like that. It's the first thing out of my mouth. And it is kind of obscure, but at the same time, the people that know about it, it's uh, it's well-loved. Um, I think I saw Ray Otis from Plundergrounds on the on the Discord chat. We legendary Anchorites use uh, the Audio Dungeon Discord, and Ray said only one other person had ever mentioned that book to them, but they had a weird look in their eyes when they did. So definitely check that out. But it's a Top 3 Tuesday show, and it's a show where I talk about you know various gaming-related topics or otherwise and give my top three on them. It's just a, a fun way to kind of discuss different topics and... and um, so, sure appreciate people listening. Um, today, I got to uh, hopefully be able to keep this one from being, you know, 45 minutes to an hour because I got one call in from Arfed, Rocks Fall, Everyone Dies, the legendary Darren Green. And, um, and then I got one that I came up with myself, and that's what I got for you all today. So, I'm, I'm ambitious to keep this under an hour. <laughs> so, let's hear what Arfed wants to talk about. Hi, Arfed here. As always, loving the podcast. Uh, Tuesday top three probably being my favourite. The hump day one is probably a little bit long for me on my commute, so I have to do a couple or two or three hits at that one. But, uh, yeah, enjoying the show. Um, just wanted to call in with uh, an idea for your Tuesday. Um, spells. Top three spells in any game system you come across, whether that be as a player character or a DM using them for NPCs, um, whatever you like. Uh, but yeah, top three spells you'd like to use or have used against the players, I guess, in some way. Cheers, keep up the good work. Arfed, I really appreciate you calling in and appreciate you listening and uh, all the support you've given me and other Anchorites, so thank you for that. Um, and I, I really appreciate you 
giving me, I'm glad you like the top three show and I'm glad you give me top threes to do because, uh, I, I like to, um, it makes it easier on me to not have to come up with them all on my own. And then y'all end up having some great ideas. And I know you've shared a few in the past. So, um, with this one, great question. I think I'm going to phrase it as uh, top three spells I like to use against players. Um, and I've been thinking about this since I got your message. Um, cause I, I don't know. I mean, I still get decent listens on it, but not my most popular show is, uh, when I do my recaps on Sundays, you know, and, um, so sometimes things I, I mentioned on other shows I've mentioned there before, but one thing that came up the other day running my game was, uh, using a hold person, you know, against the party. And, you know, I still use some of these things, you know, whatever sleep kind of these kind of spells that take people out of the game. But there's always in the back of my mind, that little, this isn't fun, you know, voice. So I don't try to overdo them or anything. So definitely wouldn't put any spells in that just result in the player being totally taken out of the game as my favorites. You know, sometimes it's all like a, you know, a cleric and an adventurer will have evil cleric will have like cause fear or something like that or command. And, um, you know, you make them run away or something, I guess making a, making a, a PC run away is better than just like, you know, completely taking them out of combat, but you know, they're powerful, but they, they don't go into my favorites, you know, neither would just basic damaging spells. Um, the, the ones I'm picking as my favorites really kind of lead to other interesting things. You know, they lead to interesting role play or lead to interesting situations. And those are my favorites to use. So, um, to give an example, number three, I'm going to go with charm person. Good old fashioned charm person. Uh, sleep is often looked at as a kind of a, all things equal overpowered sort of first level spell or must have charm person's another one of these that can really lead to some. And the reason I like it is, yeah, you're taking away some agency or whatever from a player, but it can lead to some interesting role play. It gives them something to do, you know, while they're charmed. And, uh, so that's one that I've always really enjoyed, um, both as a player and a GM, but that's one that I, I'll, I like to throw out at the players from time to time, charm them, see how they have to interact with their group and, you know, and, uh, interact with you and you can use it in, you know, around, um, combat situation, um, you know, pre-combat or, uh, use it in a, just a social situation. And, um, it does make for these meta game kind of moments where you're, uh, but, or there are meta game sort of, I guess, um, what would I say? An air to it, but, um, it's fun. It's stuff like that to me is fun. So I'm putting charm person. Number three, number two, I'm going with feeble mind. And, uh, this one, it's not like I throw this out in every game, but several years ago, it's probably, man, time flies. It was probably four or five years ago. Now when I did it, did this long temple of elemental evil, campaign and I mixed in a bunch of different, um, classic modules we played. I mean, obviously Homlet's part of it, but we did, uh, we did the first slave Lord. Uh, we did the, you know, the first slave Lord module we did. Um, 
gosh, we did a bunch. I'm trying to think all the ones. But anyway, um, Into the Unknown, we did that one as part of it. Uh, several, like, Lamentations of Flame Princess things I threw in there. Um, a bunch of stuff. But anyway, at one point, uh, the wizard got feeble-minded, you know? And that just it was so hilarious. It was so fun. And they were... They were unable to do anything about it themselves, and they were like way down. If you know the Darlene Greyhawk map, they were way down wherever on the coast where the uh, the first um, slave lord is it Scourge of the Slave Lords? I always mix the titles of those up, but it was where that first one was set. So it was way down like this desert kind of area, just miles and miles and miles and miles away from from civilization that where they could do anything about the spell. So all those hexes on there are, are 30 mile hexes. So, I mean, you spend a long amount of time just traveling anywhere. So they had to go, I believe they had to go all the way back to Verba Bonk to be able to, to get rid of the feeble mind. And, um, so it was, uh, it made for, you know, what I mean by all that to, that's all to say that, uh, it wasn't something they got rid of right, right away. And, uh, so that made for some fun, fun role play so um it's one that again you know it's not gonna be like hey what happened this session feeble mind what would you do the next week well i hit him with feeble mind again it's something that you know when you put in your game and when it, when it strikes that uh, it's gonna make a major effect but if you're kind of you know take that into consideration and you're kind of prepared for it and you've got players that are game for it um you can have something really special and funny and fun come out of that spell. So I'll say Feeble Mind for my number two. And my number one favorite spell to use against players is going to be a Polymorph Other. Yeah, go ahead and Polymorph them. <laughs> one recent game, you know, it's the classic thing. They turned me into a newt. Well, I turned them into a newt, <laughs> you know. That one can lead to some fun things, you know, give them where they have to, you know, act like an animal or act like a completely different creature or, you know, that kind of thing. And, uh, so those three are ones that kind of display what I like about, you know, those are all really, really powerful spells, but they don't completely take somebody where they're just all of a sudden just standing there waiting for the combat to be over. Or, you know, it gives them all, um, it gives a player, um, some interesting things to role play with and uh, interesting problems that the group has to overcome. So when I look at those three spells, those are ones that I put towards the top of the kind of thing that I really enjoy. Charm Person, um, Feeble Mind, and uh, Polymorph, Polymorph Other. So thanks for the question, Arfad. Appreciate it. All right, so the topic that I came up uh, with... Uh, by myself, I did it all by myself. <laughs> um, I wanted to talk about existing properties like movies, TVs, TV shows, whatever, comics that I'd like to see a game made out of, you know, that, that, that should have a, a role playing game made out of them. And um, I came up with a bunch. I wrote some things down, and they're ones that, um, um, for various reasons, I ended up not one to go with, but it's one of those things. I think Colin from Spike Pit made fun of me one time. It's like, I like how you do it. You do, you know, you pick your top three things, but you talk about 80, you know, 
<laughs> said something like that. I said, yeah, that's what I do. I mean, I'm trying to make a listenable show here. If I just go bang, 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 it's not that much to listen to. But one thing I was thinking about, I had several just kind of standard fantasy things come to my mind. You know, one that, uh, you know, I thought I'd mention, Ben Milton, Questing Beast, uh, Knave um, fame, and uh, Maze Rats fame, um, is doing the, it's one of the designers on the, uh, this new Labyrinth game coming out that looks great, you know, Jennifer Connelly, David Bowie movie, and that. So that looks like a really innovative book, too. So that's one that's about to, you know, if someone said Labyrinth for this, hey, too late, it's about to be a game, but... Some I thought about was like Crawl, you know, Dark Crystal. That's about to have a new Netflix series. That'd be a good one. And then keep in mind, if any of these I mentioned already have games out for them, I just didn't know about them. But, um, you know, something like Neverending Story or Willow or all these kind of 80s fantasy movies and everything. But while I'd play them or whatever, those are, I'm not going to put them on towards the top because the world doesn't really need another fantasy RPG. <laughs> I hate to say it. It's not to say I would never buy another one, but just another kind of fantasy world thing. It's just so, there's so much. I mean, there's so many adventures. There's so many, that there's so many games so saturated that those wouldn't be things. I'd want, I want something different, you know, I want, I want something really different that I would want to put in my top three. So it's not to say those wouldn't be cool, but no fantasy sort of traditional peripheral to a traditional fantasy game would make it in for me thought about saying james bond but there's that old james bond game um looks really cool expensive as hell to try to track everything down uh an updated james bond would be great but i'm not gonna can't put that in there because it already exists so i would love to play in a james bond classic james bond game though that would be really fun to me to do a secret agent in that but then I thought about uh, ones that I hear people talk about. Um, like I think somebody was trying to do something with Buckaroo Bonsai, but maybe they maybe they advertised it, but then they didn't have actually have the license when they. I forget what happened with that, but Buckaroo Bonsai game might be cool. You know, I told somebody about that movie recently. I was like, all right, I don't know if I told them about it, but they were like. I'm going to watch Buckaroo Bonsai. I've never seen it, you know, and everybody's like, oh, it's a classic. It's a classic. And they end up like hating it. <laughs> it's kind of, maybe it hasn't aged that well. I haven't seen it in a long time. I have a feeling I'd still love it, but it's definitely an eighties movie. I remember going to the movie theater and seeing that, um, uh, unique movie, but, um, I was thinking about like X files, although there's a million other games that already can approximate that. I've seen people talking about doing like a John Wick game, and that might be cool. I'm not just not sure that there's enough. I haven't seen part three yet, but I'm just not sure that there's enough in those movies to like really build out the whole alternate kind of underground world that you'd, you'd need to support a whole game. So I was thinking something like John Wick might be cool for like a Savage Worlds game or something, you know, port it onto something existing and just run a few sessions of it, something like that. That's the same way I ended up thinking about Baker Street. I don't know if y'all have ever heard about this, but this is one of my favorite uh, comics or graphic novels. I don't know what you call it. I think it came out as a comic, but I, the the version I bought has the two. It was just like two storylines. It's called Baker Street. And what it is is it's like a, a play on Sherlock Holmes, but it's set in 1980s England. And uh, these two punk girls are actually the... 
you know, uh, the Holmes and Watson characters, and um, it's really awesome. Really, really awesome, and uh, that's one that I've always thought, oh man, I wish they'd make a movie of Baker Street, that'd be so kick-ass, you know, eight, 1980s punk detectives in, in London, uh, that would just be awesome, but I think there's a cool RPG in there somewhere too, but again, it's the kind of thing where I looked at it, I thought, huh, well, probably be cooler as a Savage Worlds hack, you know, rather than its own standalone thing. And then I was trying to think through like some 80s like schlock sci-fi like Space Hunter, Adventures in the Forbidden Zone. And uh, what was the other one? There was another one, something, The Destruction of Jared Sind. What was that one? I uh, should have had that one written down. Metal Storm, the destruction of Jared Sin. You'd be, you'd be you'd be forgiven if you if Space Hunter uh, if you mixed up Space Hunter and Metal Storm. <laughs> They're right around the same time. Yeah, see, Metal Storm was 1983. When did Space Hunter come out? Space Hunter Adventures Across the Forbidden Zone, I believe. Adventures in the Forbidden Zone, 1983. Right then. I wonder what, uh, I mean, obviously Star Wars had an effect on that, but there were a bunch of these that came out right around then. And then, then the next one I was going to mention, I think was probably 1983 too, Ice Pirates, which I saw in the theater. Very juvenile, but a classic. 1984, I was close. So I thought about maybe something based on one of those games, but again, there's not necessarily enough lore for them. Again, if I can think, oh, would a Savage World hack would be better than the game, uh, I, I left them off. But something like Ice Pirates or um, Metal Storm or Space Hunter, some kind of schlocky sci-fi thing could be fun. But anyway, this is all long roundabout way that Colin you know, called me out for of, of just throwing out some other things I thought about, but not being anything to do with my top three. But so my top three, actually Colin comes up again, Colin from Spike Pit. Cause the other day he was, you know, had a question about gardening and then did an episode about gardening. And, and one of the things that came up was, uh, you know, miniaturizing people, uh, and as a, as a trope in gaming and everything. And so that's been flopping around my head um, over the last few weeks. And, uh, so I thought about fantastic voyage, you know, old sixties movie where people get miniaturized and like injected into a body and go on like an adventure, you know, really small. And they kind of remade a lot of, did a movie in the eighties, late eighties, uh, inner space that had similar themes being miniaturized. And uh, I believe they had like a kind of crappy cartoon of fantastic voyage later where there was different adventures. But I think something where, you know, it wouldn't be fun if it was every single adventure, you know, you're going, getting injected to someone's body, but there's all kinds of things you could think of with uh, miniaturized players, you know, um, kind of Ant-Man style deal. And so, uh, something with fantastic voyage, I think would be really cool. So that's what I'm putting out at number three. That's still been turning around in my head ever here and Colin talk about that with the gardening episode. So I thought about what would be a good existing movie property that involves you know sci-fi miniaturization and everything and so fantastic voyage i'm putting at number three number two 
It's another sort of sci-fi thing, really more post-apocalyptic, but I'm going with Waterworld. And this is when I was afraid, is there a Waterworld game? I don't think there is, not an RPG. You know, the, the, the Kevin Costner bomb, I think at the time it was released, it lost more money than any other movie in history because um, it was so expensive to, to film because, I mean, you're out on the water. I mean, it, it had to have been... There's probably a documentary or a book about the filming of that movie that I'd like to, you know, I'd like to read, uh, maybe even more than watching the movie. But it just seems like the kind of thing you could really make a cool game out of if you really committed to it and had everybody trying to find the, the, this fabled dry land You'd have all these cool vehicles and stuff. You could have interesting enemies and uh, cool um, towns and stuff floating on these, you know, floating on rafts and barges and stuff. And you know, all the renegades with uh, with larger ships and stuff. And uh, you know, the Dennis Hopper type enemies and everything. Something like that. Be oh, drinking your own urine. Hey, bonus points, right? <laughs> Who doesn't want to role play that? Sign me up. Gosh, I mean, I get to play in a post-apocalyptic hellscape and drink my own urine. <laughs> uh, but anyway, I thought that'd be in the in the in the hands of the right GM, a Waterworld game. I'd love that. So, number two, my number two uh, game RPG game that doesn't exist from a from an existing property, and number one, I've mentioned this one before, fantasized about it. For years and years and years, Time Bandits. Terry Gilliam from Monty Python's classic Time Bandits. This is one that um, I think in the same way that George Harrison kind of swooped in to help Monty Python fund, uh, maybe it was uh, Holy Grail, who was somehow involved in, in funding, but he, he uh, if memory serves, helped out with the funding to get Time Bandits done. And... Uh, it's got uh, several, you know, actors from Monty Python in there. Also, uh, Sean Connery is in there. And uh, if you've never seen Time Bandits, oh my God, Rent Time Bandits, uh, so great. Um, basically, these uh, small people, um, a, gr a group of them are, are traveling through time, uh, end up taking along a, a young boy with them. And they're basically kind of time thieves, and they're so they're they've stolen a map from the supreme being, you know, from God. That's got all these, uh, you know, shows the different ways you can get in and in and out through different time periods. And so they're going around stealing, and uh, it's a uh, it's a great movie, um, a favorite. You know, I was listening to Free Thrall from uh, Keep Off the Borderlands when, uh, and they were talking about their favorite movies, and one of them was Terry Gilliam's Brazil is a great movie my favorite of terry gilliams he's made some awesome ones but i gotta go straight to time bandits loved that movie saw it in the movie theater when i was really young and uh watched it a bunch of times since and one of the reasons i like it so much is it's kind of you'd have that awesome map i don't know this will mean more to people that have actually seen it than if you're like i don't even know what the heck he's talking about and turn me off but trust me if you haven't seen it time bandits classic and uh it's got this awesome map, you know, that they're carrying around. And maps are so integral to RPGs. To have that cool, you know, time travel map as part of the game would be awesome. Then just building your own, you know, little person character. I don't know. Maybe it'd be offensive to somebody. I don't think it was offensive to the actors. I think it was, they were happy to do it. And they all did a great job. You almost, it's not, 
it's not like a novelty. They're just like characters that uh, are really more intelligent than everyone else. So it's not pandering and it, it's not patronizing. I didn't find it that way, but um, uh, but you know, I, don't, I guess you wouldn't have to play. You know, you could play a kid or whatever. The point is, you play somebody from a completely different time, jumping through these different time periods. And the other aspect I like about it, I've mentioned how I like historical games and being able to jump from a different historical period to another. You know, so many times when you play a historical game, you know, you're kind of stuck. You know, whatever you, you pick, you know, that's where you're at. With this, it will allow you to jump from time to time. You can go from, you know, Wild West to the Renaissance to Stone Ages to whatever it is, you know, and, uh, and, and keep it all in the same game. I guess that's true for really any time travel game, but but this one be framed with some fun. You know, you'd have uh, you'd have somebody after you trying to take back the map. You know, supreme beings trying to take back the map. Other people are trying to steal the map from you, so you can never stay in one time for very long before it all starts to unravel and something's coming after the map. So um, it's been a while since I watched it, but I saw it twenty plus times at least when I was younger, and that's one that I've always thought, ah, oh, that would be a really you know, there's a great game somewhere if somebody used uh, time bandits to make an RPG. So. Anyway, that is what I've got for y'all today. Um, next you'll hear from me is, to, uh, is uh, Hump Day Bloggerama. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. I haven't started putting it together. I've been just collecting links and everything, but um, I think it's going to be a good one. Anyway, I uh, sure appreciate RFED for the, for the idea. Thank you to Joe Richter for calling in as well. If anybody out there has any top threes they want to hear, you know, just send me a message on the Anchor app, or you can email me, frothsoftfrothsof at gmail.com. Check out the blog at frothsoftdnd.blogspot.com. As always, huge thanks to folks backing me on Patreon. It's patreon.com forward slash thought eater. It's only a dollar a month if you want to support my shows, blogs, and everything else. And I think that's it. I meant to think of something funny to say to Logan. Before I got to the end, and have to think of something on the spot, but Logan, just get us out of here. Sickly platypus, a psychic grenade, zeroing in on your mental trade. Gonna help you escape from the grind. Thought eater gonna blow your mind. Boom, 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 boom,